0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's word and see what he has in store for us today. Second row of bar chairs instead of regular chairs, right? Double <laughs>
1: <laughs> That yeah. would
2: really be that. elevation worship. <laughs> What's that all? <awful? laughs> <What's that> movie? <laughs>
1: that I got that <laughs> one. Yes. I got her. I got her with right.
0: right. it. Like yes, it is. One out of twenty. All right. Does anybody recall the new series that we started last week? New topic. Who more. Who God says we are? Who God says we are? And then I recall what verse we were looking at last week. Second Corinthians yeah. five seventeen. Can you recall it? Can it's you, can you say it? Therefore,
3: if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Huzzah. Ten bad oh, points. Yes.
1: Really? Right? That should be more than ten. Are you
3: writing that down? She's yeah. distracting track all of all yeah. <laughs> I have fifteen. <laughs> I've only gotten to once,
1: though, so. That's exactly what I got, ten.
0: Today, we have a very closely related... Um, verse that we're going to be digging into, Galatians 2.20. Does anyone know it offhand? It's Galatians 2.20. Uh, without looking it up. Is really? that the pick of nope. the cross, uh, Nope. Hang nope. It's not that one. Uh, I know it's not that one. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I know
4: yeah. it too. With <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. This is King James, if I buy it. Mm-hmm. Good. Yet not I, but Christ, liveth in me, and the life which I
0: now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Awesome. So we're going to be... um, That's what we'll be getting to. um, Galatians 2.20. But I just kind of want to do a a quick little recap about 2 Corinthians 5.17 which just happened to be my my favorite Bible verse. Um, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So we talked about this pretty in-depth last week, and kind of looking at like what it means to be a new creation. What is the key to living a truly new life? I would say having a strong um, foundation to uh,
5: base everything off of, that if you don't have that as the starting ground, you're not going to um, thrive and grow. Okay. so I
2: was, I would say, uh, Galatians 2, 19 the verse right four twenty does a pretty good job of uh, doing it. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I think you have to die to yourself in order to become a creation.
0: Cool. And what happened to your old life according to Second Corinthians five seventeen? It's dead.
2: It's
1: gone. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.
0: All right, So feel free to turn to now um, Galatians two twenty. Turn to or scroll to or whatever. What? Galatians two. Galatians. 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 Okay. So I'm gonna read um, just verse
6: twenty first. Um, do first twenty first. No. Okay.
0: Just uh, to verse In NLT, I mean, no. uh, and then we'll do a little bit more um, surrounding scripture. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So let's read a little bit more um, around that. Does somebody want to take it from verse... I'm not supposed to start at 11. Everyone want to take it from verse 11 and read through 21?
5: I'll split it with somebody. So let's do that. Uh, I'll do 11 to 15. All right,
2: I'll take 16 through 21. All right,
5: here we go. Verse 11. When when Cepheus came to Enoch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, sorry, even Barnabas was led astray. Mm -hmm. For when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Zephius in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles.
2: Know that a person is not justified by the works. Sorry. Uh, know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by the works of the law no one will be justified. Mm. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews are find ourselves also among the sinners. Doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. Then I, would, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through, for through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing.
0: Awesome. So, what do you guys see going on in the passage that we just read? Either observations of what's been said, summary of what's been said, um, you know,
6: surface level, we'll go deeper. What's what's going on here? It answered my question. Uh, okay. But yeah, because I always had a question about verse 19 where it says, for I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live on to God. So I, cause I've been, the past couple weeks, I've been looking and just reading about the commandments and the laws of Moses and Abraham and all the laws of the prophets, and just, are these, are, like, those same laws still um, Aplic- applicable to modern-day Christians? Like, are we still supposed to, like, really live by those, mm-hmm. or are some not not so much, some or just cultural, or... And that question brought up, because it says, when I read Number 19, I think, through only the law, I am dead, because if I'm only living through the law, and I'm looking for... like It's almost like, let's say the law had, like, if you kill someone with a stone, you do bad. So if you kill someone with a knife, you're good. If that was the law. But if you're only justifying yourself through that law, and you're not justifying yourself through Christ, then I think that's what what was being said, and that's what answered the question with 15 and 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. That yes, you might follow the law, but if you only use that law to justify what you're doing is right, then you're you're kind of missing the point. It's not to do good works, it's not to be a perfect person, or just because you were born into a set of group of people that therefore make you justified, rather than not It's like the Gentiles and the Jews. Just because you weren't a Jew doesn't mean you couldn't be saved. So, answer my question.
0: Okay. Cool. Anyone else? Thoughts, comments, observations, questions? I think also um,
6: something to take out of it is if if the law is the ultimate guideline, then we're going to fail it. Like
2: we cannot uphold the law one hundred percent. So by the guidelines of the law, we're all we're dead because we can't follow the law completely, and that's
0: where Jesus steps in, and his grace is able to save us from that. Mm. Yeah.
2: I think it's very interesting, because this is, I think, I think it is the only time in the Bible where you hear about a disagreement between believers that isn't spoken directly to the person like this is he Paul is writing to somebody else about a disagreement he had with one of the disciples and saying hey this is a uh, this is a disagreement I had with him to the point that even Barnabas joined in and has that conversation with effectively the church of Galatia not and he had that conversation with uh Cephas as well but um I think it's just really interesting that it wrote it, he wrote it the way that he did.
6: Cool. Cephas is Peter, by the way. I was wondering that, cause when he read Cephas, I was like... Yeah. <laughs> he said Peter right here. I don't know who Cephas is.
1: So the... Thank you for
6: clearing that up. The no, overall.
4: overall context, like, you have the Jewish Christians who believed and still wanted the Gentiles to become circumcised, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was what was required as someone who truly believed and had faith in God, was they had to undergo circumcision. And that is the big like issue that Paul is like, Peter, why didn't you stand up for the true gospel in the sense of declaring that no, Gentiles do not have to be circumcised because they are free in Christ. And Christ and faith in Christ is what makes them believers not circumcision not a set of rules so leading into that discussion of like faith versus works paul's not saying that works aren't necessary or works aren't good or works you shouldn't expect to see but what saves you is not what you do what saves you is who you have placed your faith in which Mm -hmm. is jesus christ Mm -hmm. so and we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law in this sense, circumcision, right, to be circumcised. For no one will ever be made, like one that was saying, no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. So that's, I really like the way that he uses that example to display the difference between the Jewish Christians who believed still that the law was like the letter of the law and you need to get with it versus walking in the freedom of their faith in Christ and missing the mark in some way of like not fully grasping what it is that Jesus has done.
0: It's good. So Romans 3.20 actually kind of tells us like why... Why we have the law. Uh, It says... uh, I'll start in Romans 3.19. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Um, I believe in another area it says... (laughs) The, the, the law basically shows us our need for God. So, our purpose, the, the entire purpose of the law, is, is not for us to follow it. It is. It's not to say that we're not to follow it. But its main point is to point us to God saying, we can't do this. We'll fail. We have failed. We will fail. We are failing. But... No one can be made right just by following the law. Even if even if someone was perfect to follow every single law, I believe it was some so I'm to say six hundred thirteen, some correct me for that number, kind of for whatever reason. Right? Six hundred thirteen. Six hundred and thirteen um, laws, Jewish laws at the time. Most of them were man made, um, of what they put into place based off of what God gave them. And no one could be able to keep all six hundred and thirteen of those laws. But the law shows us how sinful we are, and it shows us our need for God. Mm-hmm.
7: Anybody watched, um, has anybody heard of Ray Comfort? He's a man. He's a YouTube channel called Living Waters. Yeah, I know him. Okay, so. Uh, I know how he preaches too. So yes, like <laughs> yeah. So he does that. He he approaches. He um. He he's an evangelist who goes around and just like. His like way of doing it is um, go through each of the ten commands and he'll be like, "Have you ever stolen anything? Have you oh, ever yeah, yeah. have That's you ever right. um, lied? Have you ever used God's name in vain? How have you like simple, simple as OMG?
1: Mm-hmm.
7: Have you ever looked at a girl with lust or looked at a man with lust?" And he's like, "Okay, so you're telling me you're lying, stealing, murderous, like all these things?" And he's like, "By those, by that, like judgment right there." Like you are not righteous enough to enter heaven. Like you cannot. Enter. I'm butchering this.
1: <laughs> so bad. Uh, but basically, like like, <laughs>
7: basically, we all fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. We cannot. It is literally impossible for us to follow the law perfectly. Only Jesus has done that. But um, and then he just like is like, okay, well the good news is, it's like you're in a your courtroom and you, the judge is um giving you, I'm slagging these words so <laughs> bad, but um, the, yeah, <laughs> thanks. But like the judge is giving you your punishment for your crime, and somebody walks in and says, I let them off the hook, I'll take the punishment, and then the judge can rightly be like, okay, you're free, this person's taking the punishment, that's what Jesus did, for us, blah, 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 okay, anyway, watch him, he's really good, And um, but yeah, he's very good, his name is Ray Comfort, he's been doing this for years, he's also like, known as Banana Man by Atheists, because he had a big I don't know. I can't believe nobody except for you I've heard I of I it. I have seen him. Okay, that, uh, good. I just don't know
6: names. I might have seen because I've heard yeah. that exact same yes. analogy
0: multiple
1: times. Okay, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's why that I said you were really doing a good, good job. Like, you Thank you. Say you were He's very good. He never sounds condemning too. Like, yeah, he's so <laughs> full of love. He, he says the well. so called. You feel the fruit of the spirit. It's not yeah. like you know people holding the side yelling yeah,
7: like at people.
0: Yeah. It's like he actually one he on truly one. Yeah, you Like it's his gift. He's so good at it. Yeah, I think he. Um, I think it was a show or like a little documentary. One eighty. Um, done by him, or mm-hmm. that he's got so him. many things like that. And it's the whole thing is you know, a 180 is a complete turnaround. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. And it, you know that guy was in a lot and kind of going up to people and he's like, okay, by by your own accusation, mm-hmm. you're a self-accused, you know, yeah, murderous liar, adulterer, right. This, this, this. Mm-hmm. And at, at mm-hmm. first they're kind of like he would ask them like, are you a good person? And yeah. Like, are oh, you a good, I'm person? good person? Like, you know, should you go to heaven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, should go to heaven? You know, i I do good things, and you know, like, right. it's like, okay, well, like, have you ever lied? He's like, oh yeah. But, yeah, it just shows us our need for God.
7: Yeah, like we can never make it to heaven on our own. Mm-hmm. But God is a just God, so you need, like, he, he's just. So, like, he wants you to be following these things and doing these things, but we are sinners, and we're in the flesh, and we will never be able to 100% follow that correctly. And so through his love for us, he sent
0: Jesus. That's awesome. Yeah, um, we are coming back to this, Galatians 2.20. I want to jump to... Mark two eighteen. For anyone who is currently going through the forty forty challenge, uh, we went out just read this a day or two ago. Um, Mark two eighteen. Uh, I'll read part of this here. I'm going to read Mark two eighteen through twenty two. Mark, Mark two eighteen. Once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, Why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them, but someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, here, these last two verses here is where, where we're getting at. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? for the new patch would shrink, and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst with the wineskins, would burst the wine skin, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. This whole thing is getting at the danger of trying to put something new on something old. And it demonstrates it here with the example of clothing and with wineskins, right? you have a, a tear in your jeans and they're old worn down jeans and you get a, a brand new patch and you sew it to it, wash it, and just normally wear and tear, the old patch is going to start shrinking because, you know, it hasn't been washed before, and it's going to tear. It's going to make an even bigger holdup as there before. It's not going to hold mm-hmm. up. The wine skins were essentially like this this leather type of container that they had back in the day to hold wine before we had... Glass and stuff like that, um, and the wine skin after it's been used would get dried out and it would, you know, have some little defects, some little holes, some little, um, you know, cracks and stuff. So if you were to pour new wine into it, it would break it down. The new wine would break it down and would render useless and would, it would just tear out. It would just be worthless. You would lose the wine, and the wine skin would just be even more worthless. So the same thing he's saying here. Um, new wine must be put into new wineskins. Jesus' point was made clear by those examples. You can't fit his new life into the old forms. And what Jesus did was trade fasting for feasting. Like instead of, you don't, you don't have to fast, you're going to feast, you're going to have to celebrate. The sackcloth for ashes, a robe. And the same thing, and then we'll go back to Galatians 2.20. My old life has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I do. Uh, so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's the same thing with us. Just like the, the cloth, just like the wineskin. If you try to fit a new life in your old body, it's going to tear. It's going to be defective. It's not going to fit. You need a new body. You need, if you're going to accept the new life of Christ, you need a new body, and that's what Second Corinthians five seventeen was all about. What we read last week, right? Of uh, I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And we looked at. Let's see an example of video. Something um, more practical. Oh, we were talking about. Um...
3: They I don't remember the circumstance, but the government gives you a new identity.
1: Yes. And thank you're like you. a brand new person with yeah. a brand new identity. Witness person. protection. Yeah. Yes, yes. You got
0: it. For Fifteen bad points for remembering that. Word. Fifteen Ben <laughs> yeah. points for
2: remembering a non-Bible verse, but ten for remembering <laughs> a Bible verse. I just want to remember, remind you that's what you did tonight. So.
1: <laughs> 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 it's okay, it's pretty happy.
0: Mr. history. Have I ever deducted any points?
2: <laughs> I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Yeah. Take him away. I'm Take I'm him I'm away. Yes.
1: No. <laughs>
2: it's, 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 it's 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 uh it's Ben and Jerry's.
0: You, you gotta you gotta you gotta convert it to so bucks, and it's not it's not a very good um conversion <laughs> rate. The conversion rate is really sucky, but. Yeah, so there's a tag. It could be Ben or something. Guys, um, but anyway, one of the trails. Um, <laughs> Witness protection program, yes. <laughs> that was something that I could think of practically in the moment of what it, what it means to have a new life. Because we think of, okay, you know, a sinner or someone who doesn't know Christ and then they, they pray the prayer. They don't look any different, right? They, they still have the same physical body, but... God talks about making us new, a new creation, and and something that I think we could relate it to is kind of with this protector program here on Earth. Of we're going to give you a brand new identity, right? Like you are no longer Yana Dodori. Here's your new identity. You your name is now I don't know. I'm no longer <laughs> the castro. I mean. You're no longer Yana Diodori. You're now <laughs> Yana Didori, you know? but just a whole new creation. Um, but that's that's what this whole thing is about, right? Our 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 old self being crucified with Christ—we're dead. We died upon that cross along with Christ, and we no longer live. Jesus didn't come back in the same, the same flesh. His, his body died, and He came back a new creation. In the same way, we die—we're crucified with Christ, and we no longer live. But Christ now lives within me. So, what does the second part mean? What was this practical? How is this practical? So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. What does that look like on a day-to-day? There's no right or wrong answer. What does it mean to, to live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me? One thing the Lord could...
4: say it again. <laughs> I couldn't
0: hear it too You, you said you trust the Lord um, taking you to heaven, you know, the easy ticket to heaven is blood, but you can't trust him here on earth. You know what I mean? Like, he gave
4: period. I don't know why I've lost friends. I don't know why this, that, and the other, but you're still good, and I'm still believing that, you know, something good is going to come from this. God, I don't, I don't know, but I do know you. I don't, that's, to me, that's, I live not because I know all of the things, or I know what's going to happen next, or I can plan five steps ahead of time into my future, but God, like, I don't know what. To I believe that you love me. I believe that you want to give me good gifts
5: because you love me. I believe you want to bless me because you love me. So I'm going to trust you. That's good. I need to piggyback off what you said, Jackie. is, you know, In the times when we ask ourselves all those questions is when we need them the most. I mean, it, it, it's pretty much like if you need someone to give you those answers that you don't have or in the uncertainty or in the rough patches or maybe sometimes in the good patches. More good than bad, but at times you're like, if you need to ask the questions, you've got one person and only one person who can answer that, and that's that's Jesus. And if we take that for granted, well, then it goes back to what I said earlier with the foundation. We're gonna fall apart. We're not gonna we're gonna be weak and fall, and we're not gonna grow and
6: prosper. So I really think those times when we need it most. Yeah. It's good. To get a little personal, I know I've told a you- story before to a couple of you guys but not everyone but um I've almost been in jail before and not understanding what God has for you in your life is a big part of my my whole life and just thinking about that I always went to jail but I knew in that moment I'd say God maybe I'm just supposed to be some like hermit hobo man that went to jail. So I had no. I, I like I just came. Like that's why. Like I, when I tell you guys that, that's thing of like worst case scenarios. It's like, I think in worst case scenarios because I can come to terms. that like, okay, if I lose my job and I lose Haley, I lose my house and I'm homeless. There's plenty. I see homeless people every day living. I don't have Like I've been working in warehouses. I see drug addicts that they barely. They they try to work so hard at warehouses just to get that next drug, and they're still living. Like I don't understand how some of these people live. But I know if if they can do that and then also they have Jesus, it would be like ten times more. And I have Jesus. I have God. So no matter where I'm at, I'll have God. If I can be homeless, I'll have God. There's still like... I see so many people that don't have God and they're living some type of way. But I have God. And it doesn't matter where I'm at. That's why I live in those words, because everyone's like, oh, I don't live in more, but if I can come to terms in any situation that I come up with, like, I might lose a job. I might lose a house. I might lose a person. I might lose a family member. But Jesus is there. You know him. You have a book that he has where you can read his word every day. You can pray to him. Come to him. Do it. Like, it's in any situation. That's why you just, there's no worry. There's no nothing. It's just him. It's
7: awesome. I think like the more words I add to this, just like b- make it less. But like something I always come back to is like I just trust in His love for mm-hmm. me, and then that's it. And like this is where I mean, the more words I add because I try to like explain it, but that's it. Like no, trust in His love for you. Out of His love for you alone, I didn't do anything. He sent Jesus out of His love for me. That's it. So if I can trust in my life in his hands, my salvation in his hands because of his love for me, it's kind of like that, like, why can't I trust him in situations here on earth where I'm just like, God, I don't think you know what's best here. I don't think you're doing this out of love for me, you know? But, like, if I can trust in his love for me, that's it. That's it. He loves me, and I can't lose that love. There's nothing I can do to make him love me less. There's nothing I can do to make him love me more. That's it. He just loves me. And when I, like, trust in that. I'm like, okay, then I'm secure. Like, no matter what, I'm secure because he loves me. Exactly. Je- I have Jesus' love. I can't gain anything else. Mm. And when you get to a point in that, in life there's just like this sense of contentment. I'm just content. Mm. <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't quote me on that.
0: <laughs> this, uh, verse 21. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Jesus wouldn't have gone through that excruciating pain, that torture, that crucifixion, just, just for fun, just for you know kicks and giggles. Like, <laughs> like why not? Like here's an alternative way, guys. He doesn't say I am a way, a truth, and a possible life. The, I am the truth, the way, the life. The only way, right? It's not like okay, you can either, you know, keep all these commands or accept Jesus as Savior. It's nope. Jesus is Savior. That's the only way to heaven. Keeping the law can make us right with God, and there was no need for Christ to die. And so we take that, you we're know, coming up on the Easter season pretty soon. Um, as far as remembering, you know, what he did there. And to, to think, I'm not sure where I'm going with this actually. (laughs) But to, to take all that of what he did on the cross, and to, to say, I need to be doing this better. You know, I, I, I need to be keeping these commands. I, I, I need to be doing this for God. I need to be doing that for God. You know, I need to make sure to, to keep this. Those are all good things, to keep his commands and to to obey him. Because that's that's what he asks of us. But also don't lose sight of the only way is through accepting Jesus. Now, he also says it in, in the first part of that. I don't treat the grace of God as meaningless. That doesn't mean, you know, Paul says it in other places too. Like, that doesn't mean like, oh sure, you know, you can just do whatever you want and then ask for grace, like, hey, more grace to you because you have more sins, like, that's not what he's saying at all. But he's saying, don't treat it as meaningless because he did it for a reason. Any other thoughts on that before we move up from there?
6: Is that grace more so like a place of heart? A place of heart? Like where your heart is in that? Like, we're always sinning. Every day we've sinned. But every day we also receive grace. Not like we're purposely like, man, how many times can I sin today?
7: I've heard it like um, like we, you will slip into sin, but mm-hmm. it's different to like dive into sin. Okay. Does that make sense? It,
6: yes, because like it's just always, that confuse me, but, because Jesus says, all sin will be forgiven other than blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's like, I've sinned a lot, and I still sin, and it's like, at, at one point does that sin cup get filled, or is it even that in that sense, or is it more so where your heart is? Like, you know what I mean by that? Like, is it more of an, an act of heart where, okay, I know I've sinned, but because of grace, or it's like, okay, I can sin because of grace. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, the difference? Yeah,
7: I think it's definitely a heart posture of, like... Yeah, you know, that's, that's the yeah, posture of, of your like, heart. I'm going to sin. I'm, I know this. Is, if there's a verse... Um, it's like, if I know what is good and don't do it, I'm, st- what is it? It's, me only, yeah. it's no, in James. It's, I
1: think.
2: It's in James, oh, too. James. What?
7: It's like, what if I know somebody yeah, <laughs> with an iPad, look at I, the one one I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to
0: do. That's where I'm in seven. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I do what I don't want to do, and I do what I... No, not even No, mind. that's no. not no. what she's...
4: Yeah, yeah. She I think King james write James about... Hold
0: on. I think King James is like, all things are lawful for me.
4: If I know what is That's
7: right That's James.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Hold up. Is this what you're thinking about? This is um, what then shall we say that the law is sin? By no means. Yet if I had yet if it had not been for the law, I would have not have known sin. No. For I would Okay. <laughs>
7: <laughs> no, what?
0: Hold on. Where is my phone? I'm going I'm going to you're looking that up. Um, just a little bit further in uh, Galatians 3. If, he's really hitting a lot here to, in, in Galatians about the law. And in Galatians 3:19 it says, "Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. The law was to, uh, designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is helpful. If more than one party must reach an agreement, but God, who is one, did not use a mediator when He gave His promise to Abraham. So that first book was really all I meant to read. Um, why would, was this asking Okay, why was the law given? Is to give be given alongside with a promise to show people their sins, and the promise is Jesus. And was this chapter three or this Yeah, that, that verse was three nineteen. Okay. Really quick.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think it's
7: definitely a hard This was what I was looking for. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So, like, if you know you're going into something and it's not the right thing to do, but your reasoning is like, oh, Jesus forgives, Mm -hmm. then you're sinning. Like, you're Mm -hmm. sinning against him. And that's not through the Spirit either. So, are you really living in the Spirit at that point? You know, it's like a whole thing. And that's what I meant by, like, diving into sin. Like, we live in the flesh. We are going to sin. That's just the truth of living in the world because nobody is perfect, but are you falling into it, or, or are you diving into it, and validating it, and justifying it by, like, God will forgive me. He forgives.
0: Mm-hmm. It's definitely a hard posture. I'm going to go to one other part in Galatians. Galatians 6. It's the final chapter. Uh, we're going to be looking a little bit at, at Paul's conclusion here in this letter. Um, in Galatians chapter 6, I like how at um, a lot of times, sometimes like people who are writing the Bible, they'll have like a scribe, someone someone writing on behalf of them. Um, So in Galatians six eleven, the the font's even a little different. It Says, notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. So he's like, look, like this part's so critical, I'm gonna write this myself. Hmm. So I'm gonna read uh, twelve through eighteen. Those who are trying to force you to be and and so again this whole thing he's speaking to the people of Galatia about the law and about circumcision because it was a big it was a big block for them there was there was fighting there was division um, so he's he's really hitting on those things here. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And then those who advise, who you know, who advocate circumcision. Don't keep the whole law themselves. They want, they only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether you have been circumcised or not. Here's the kicker. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. What counts is that we, is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that I show along that, the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. Those are his, and those are his uh, concluding words to the people of Galatia. It doesn't matter whether you have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into your new creation.
5: Thoughts? Yeah, it was just fascinating that, I may have said it before, that reading the, the hard, like, physical hard book is great, but when you have you version or any Bible app that you have, you can go in and make footnotes, highlight, color, whatever you want to do. Yeah. I just took verse 15 and highlighted it in mm-hmm. yellow because I was like, this verse is going to stand out and does stand out. So uh, this, is, this is fascinating to, to compare and read the footnotes like some reference points.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I have one other analogy for new creation. And it, it brings about from... Um, Something Jackie said. kind of uh, it started off in a, in a little bit of a joking way to to correlate it, but I, I thought it was a great analogy. <laughs> if anyone knows the movie Venom, the oh. the alien host who who overtakes who overtakes the man transforms the man into Venom, Into yeah. this this now like supernatural creature, this supernatural human with these you know extra strengths and powers strength. and things like that that's another way of kind of looking at what it means to be transformed into a new creation of letting letting what gets inside of you the the holy spirit letting jesus inside of you turn you into a new creation saying that like this this is no longer me now i'm this new person I, i have this new identity this whole thing boils down to it doesn't matter whether you are you know, keeping all these commands that you guys put in place so that you can keep strict law you need to accept Jesus and and let him transform you can I tag on to Mm -hmm. to my initial analogy
4: it's no longer I at that point, but we, right because Mm -hmm. even We're in communication with each other and everything while all this stuff was happening and as this new creation so it's like it's not just me going into situations it's like oh I take God with me like literally we are going here we are going to breakfast we are going wherever we're going to my workplace and I think for me personally if I can get that in my head of like it's not just me going these places but like the Holy Spirit is with me as a being that can lead and guide and speak and the more access I allow it to to do those things the the more we I have in my life the more we are really living and working and breathing together the way that it should be Um, but I also liked In verse 14, because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. And I think that speaks a lot to our motivations, like what is kind of like what Caitlin was talking about, but what is our heart heart posture in the world? Like, am I active on my social media pages or whatever to gain glory for myself? To gain approval for myself? Or if, or am I constantly trying to point people to Christ? Um, do I not care if that and the other follow me, like me, comment, whatever? Because, th- I mean, this verse says I shouldn't, right? My interest, the world's interest in me is is not going to be there. So why does it matter? Why am I worried about those things? But also, like, if the dreams that I have for myself... If they don't come true, am I still content? Am I still trusting that God is good? Am I still believing in a loving God, in a Jesus who died and saved me because he loves me? Am I still proclaiming that as my truth, even if all of the things that I've asked him for don't happen? The verse that we read says, yes, Paul, every interest that I have in this world, Died on the cross. The cross is all that matters. The cross is all I want people to see. And I'm like that's really hard. That is really hard to live in that mindset. But I think I forget where it is. But um, it might be in Matthew. If you those who hang on to their lives will lose them, but those that give up their lives or crucif you know, crucify their life for me will save it or save their so- I don't know, I'm butchering that completely.
2: Yeah, you're good, it's John. Mm-hmm.
4: Great. Right. Um, you know, and so if am I willing to lose my life for Christ and gain everything, I wanna say yes, but that's an everyday decision. That's mm-hmm. not a one time, one moment mm-hmm. and I'm good. Like I have to do that every day.
0: But, okay I'm That's great. Now. No, that's great.
3: I have a comment on Jackie's first point. Um, there's a song by Hillsong, I think. It's called "Another in the Fire," right. and the first time I heard it, I was like in a very dark place where I was like not believing God, not not believing God, but not trusting God. Um, and it came on on Spotify, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I am not alone. Like I am struggling so hard right now." But it's like it's it's me and god and like i'm and it it's so hard to believe when you're like in those points in life that you're struggling so hard and especially if you don't have support of like living people outside of you but like whenever i hear that song i'm like i'm not alone like i got this like god's got a plan for me and like everything feels so terrible right now but like it's not just me in this room (coughs) it's me and god sitting right next to me um and I love it. I love that song. Whenever I'm like sh- really struggling, I put it on and I feel like immediately better, because um, it's just like that reassurance not, like you're. It's not. It's not an I thing. It's a we thing. Yeah,
0: that's great. I think that's a big part of where um, you know Philippians four thirteen comes into play, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where you know, a lot of times we kind of see it as like I can do whatever I want because like you know God's with me. But it's like when you really look at it as that instead of I but we. You really can. Like, I can't get through this. But we can. Me and God. We'll get through this. Help me get through it. Like, I can't possibly think about, you know, leaving this job and starting a new one. I can't possibly think about, you know, moving to this new place. I can't possibly think about talking to this person about Jesus. Maybe you can't. But we can. You and Him together can. And when He does live with inside, inside of you, so that's John 15. Um, John 15, something about Christ, when Christ is. Um, Wait, no, John 15 is
4: the remain
1: in me. Yes, that one. I am the vine.
2: Yeah, Remember, when you mm-hmm. remain mm-hmm. in him and he
0: remains in you. That's, that's really what that is. You're going about everyday life, you're going about every situation, every scenario with him because you're attached to him, just like a, a vine attached to a tree.
6: Final, final, final thoughts, if anybody has anything. I had a Bible verse I wanted to share about, like, God being with you, even during temptation. It's First Corinthians 10 and 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So that in all temptation... So like, I, I, I forget this sometimes that this verse, because this is a good, like, like I guess, like a battle verse, if you want to call it that. Like, if you're feeling tempted, like, recently I've just been, every time I get tempted to do anything, or I'm having bad thoughts, or just things aren't going right, I just either start praying immediately, or I'll just open my Bible up to something and just start reading it, and just try to focus on the words. And then eventually, if my, it just, my mind gets cleared out, and like, that's that way God, at least in my life, has put some path in my way of like, hey, you're feeling, if you're feeling alone, you're, you're not alone. You, ha- you have the Word of God, and you have a direct... Because Jesus died and gave us that Holy Spirit, we no longer have to depend on the prophets to pray to God for us or talk to God for us. We can directly stand boldly before God and talk to Him. So that's a. Re- I think that's just a really good verse that really speaks to... What was the reference on that? That is First Corinthians 10, 13. Yes. Awesome. And it's just a really good... Reminder that God knows you're being tempted, He knows your temptation, but He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what He knows you can't handle. And that might still be hard. You're still, it's not that He's like, Oh, it's gonna be a little it's, we're on easy mode. Like now that Jesus died, everyone's on easy mode. We're good now. Like He found the cheat code. No, life is still life, life is still hard. Things get thrown at you, you're going to be tempted, especially in. The culture in the world we live now, there is temptation and distraction. Every single corner, every label, every advertisement, every anything, and always a form of, look at me, look at me, look at me. Don't look towards God. Don't look at God. Don't look at Him. He He knows nothing. Look at us. Look at me. But that verse is just something you can. You know that you're going to be tempted, but as long as you endure it, you say with God that you can overcome that temptation.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So. I want to read to you five assurances that we have. Assurance of victory. 1 Corinthians 10.13, what you just said. Oh, that's NKG. That's an interesting version. All right. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. 1 Corinthians 10.13. We have assurance of forgiveness. First John 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and forgive and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 9. Assurance of guidance, Proverbs 3, 5-6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Proverbs 3 5 through 6. We have assurance of salvation, 1 John 5, 11 through 12. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. 1 John 5, 11-12 And we have assurance of answered prayer. John 16, 24 Until Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. John 16, 24 so I had mentioned about this, uh, I believe, last week yeah. Yes, last week. Um, so this is, a, um, this is a tool I have. It's a topical memory system. Um, uh, I got this with uh, the Navigators um, organization uh, back in the day. Um, along with that is another pack. Christ the Center. These two might sound familiar. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Christ the center Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I live in the body I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and it keeps going on and on um, this is a little it's a It's a tool, it's a resource to help you um, keep the word of God handy, um, to keep these assurances handy, to keep um living the new life, handy, proclaiming Christ, handy. Um, it's keep it next to your phone, keep it next to your wallet, keep it in your pocket, keep it in your purse, wherever. So instead of just mindlessly getting out and scrolling because you're bored or or whatever, you pull this out and you can start memorizing it. it. has little pockets on the inside, helps you you know kind of keep it organized, keep different things in there. Um, I went ahead and, and got a handful of them. Um, mm-hmm. If, if anybody wants it, um, don't take it if you don't want it, if you're not going to use it. If you want it and you're going to use it, I'll be more than happy to give you one. And I cut out a bunch of pieces of paper, um, blank pieces of paper to handwrite them. Um, handwriting them is, I think, an even better way than having a printed version so that you can write it. In your own handwriting adds on to the, the whole memorizing component um, to handwrite it yourself. Um, Anyone's interested in one? Anybody want one? Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Does anybody
1: else want it? You're gonna use thank it? Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's not a proper thank you. That guy. That's a thank you. You're up. <laughs> you. you. <laughs> anybody else?
0: Is it not? I'd rather you be honest and say, "Okay, I'm not going to use it, so I, I won't waste it. No problem." Um, you guys, I'm not going to throw this paper. <laughs> um, you, guys can, you guys can grab some some paper. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share the um I'll, I'll share the list of scriptures. You can feel free to use this however way you want. Um, and um, uh, yeah, you guys can you can grab more pieces of paper later, you can, so you can all have a handful of them. Um, you can use it for however you like or whatever verses you like. Um, I have a list of ones that we'll be going through a little bit. Um, again, this is a topical memory system from the Navigators, um, which I think is just a really great organization and great. And this is a great resource. Um, we'll get you all a handful of those later. Um, but the Navigators kind of put it as a wheel, this, this whole little pack that we're going through a little bit right now. Um, Christ being the center is the center of the wheel, because that's where the power force comes from. And then from there you have different stokes of prayer, fellowship, witnessing in God's word, um, and all that kind of circling obedience to Christ. Um, but, so the first two we went through, last week and this week, 2 Corinthians 5.17 and Galatians 2.20, they're very closely related about you know living the new life, um, being a new creation. Um, but again, you can use these for, for those or for other verses that you want to hold you know, close to your heart, and last week we were talking about it of having it close by, having it memorized, going from head knowledge to heart knowledge. That's exactly what Paul is talking about here in Galatians, about being transformed, about being transformed into a new creation. So it goes from just, oh yeah, I know what God says, to no, this is what God says. Um, and to have that as as something that you know, like Garrett, what you were just saying about, um, you know, having that assurance of victory. Like when you're, when you when you feel low and you're like, I can't get through this. Oh, but wait, I remembered a scripture about that. First Corinthians ten thirteen says that no temptation has seized me except what's common to man, and God's faithful; He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, He'll provide a way out so you can stand up under it. That's right. I can't get through this. Me and God will get through this together. Um, but anyway, so feel free to use those how you like. Um, I'll, I'll post a, a, a picture on the group chat about um, kind of all these um, verses. And otherwise, you can use it for other verses if you'd like. Uh, but that's what I have on that. Um, one other thing I'll say about it, um, write, it helps to memorize it by writing the reference at the you know, top and bottom. And you say it, in the beginning and of the end, so that you really can have that as a point of reference as well. Because um, you're saying it twice along with the reference, First 1 Corinthians 10.13, and you're reading the whole thing, and you finish it with First 1 Corinthians 10.13. It'll help you hold on to that a little bit better, too. You can title it as well, you know, Christ the Center would be the title for Galatians 2.20 and Galatians 5.17, if you want to have that with it. Otherwise, just the scripture. Um... And it's, it's a great tool. It's a great resource to, to really be able to hold on to and to God's word. Um, yeah. That's it on
7: that. I was going to add one thing before mm-hmm. you just put the
3: verse on the other side. And then, you know, when you put it in a little slip, you can look at one side or the other. Mm-hmm. You can use like a flashcard yeah.
0: too. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I think I, I did that. Yeah, actually, I did that on this other okay. method. I had two different people at one point in time with Navs who gave me one of these, so I did it two different ways, um, but it's a great, it's really great, um, and the whole point isn't just read it all, memorize it, break it down, 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, alright, 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, alright, and then once you got that down, then you add on more to it, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, and you just build on. It um, might take you a few minutes to memorize it. might take you a few hours. might take you a few days. might take you a week or two to memorize each one. Um, but just a resource for you guys. And unless anyone has any final thoughts or questions or anything about that or what we read today, And we'll close out. Cool. God, yeah, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you provide for us not just the tangible and the physical things, but uh, for your love. We thank you for your never-ending love and grace and mercy on us. Uh, we thank you for, for being able to have these things that you've given us, these, this assurance of victory and answer prayer, salvation, guidance, forgiveness. Um, God, we, we just ask that you help us to keep you in the center of our lives. That you help us to be able to put your word first, to be able to put you first um, above all else, to help us to seek the kingdom of God first before before all else, because you say, seek first the kingdom, and everything else will be added to you, to us. Thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We ask that you speak to each one of us individually this week about what it means to be a new creation. Help us just to remember how far we've come with you by our side. Um, and if we're not sure where we've come from, then God, help us to just see how good you are and who you are. Um, yeah, God, I ask for a transformation in our lives. Even for those of us who are already a new creation, God, that you continue to make us new every day. To Every, every morning, remind us that there are new mercies for us each morning. To be able to start each day and just have hope and joy because you are good and because we're your child and you call us yours. Pray blessings for everyone in this group. Thank you for everyone who comes out with a, an open heart and open mind and, and is coming just expecting to hear you speak, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time and God's presence is with us. I hope you enjoyed it and I tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.